Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time in mon iruchti yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor in uik kiart len of winter fame. Skilti fis turmi. Pashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv orkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Board Gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the Throw-In Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Board Gosh Energy. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio, as always, by Michael Rennie. Michael, hello. Will, how are you? Good, I'm lucky to be here. It took me two hours to get up, an hour to get to Lucan, and then an hour to get from Lucan to here. Was there, I was going to say, was there more car-related mishaps uh, oh, after did, last week? Where did I park? I parked somewhere safe enough in Tullamore yesterday, so okay, it was, yeah. it was okay. You, you, that's, your, that's your home patch, so you know the car park opening times and closing yeah, times there. Sure. There's no car park open. there's no car parks, <laughs> to be honest, it's blatant abandonment. <laughs> yeah, because it's funny, uh, my mother actually got in touch with me, she was like, I hope Michael was okay, it sounded terrible. <laughs> when, you know, I, any luck. I, was like, I feel oh. like I should release a statement online or yeah, like yeah. Just all uh, your fans know you're all right. <laughs> fans, yeah, yeah. Stop, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a football heavy show this week. Uh, after a couple of weeks where hurling has been in the limelight, football gets its chance. You know, it was a very exciting weekend. It was, and I think I think Pat Spillane actually wrote about it yesterday. Like uh, maybe like there probably is. Like I I love hurling. Don't get me wrong, and a lot of the hurling games are, are top notch. But there's been some brilliant football games so far this year, and really competitive games. And we probably shouldn't be, you know, a bit blinkered by a couple of the the hammerings. We shouldn't be blinkered by the Dublin game or maybe the Tyrone game. There's been some seriously competitive games from teams in different divisions. So yeah, I think it's been it's been really interesting and probably uh, probably a little different than other years. A lot more competitive games early in the year maybe compared to other years. Yeah. And I guess with Mayo there's always there's always drama. There's nothing is ever straightforward or boring, definitely not. No, definitely not. Yeah. Oh you kinda of have to feel for them in a way. They just they just seem to love like bringing hardship on themselves. Like it's it's unreal. Like, but the fact that it, it's a semi final, there's probably less games maybe to get to the, the super eights than there would have been. Maybe I don't know if it was a semi final last year against Galway, but I, I'd be amazed if they if they don't if they don't regroup. But it is it's a it's a sucker punch to take at this stage because I'm sure. Like they would, like they, there's no way they could have been complacent going into that game when you've lost a lot and you're trying to get back to it. There's no way they could have been. Well, so. yeah, the, the last two years they were into round one of the qualifiers, so it's one less game anyway. So yeah. I don't know if that'll make any difference, really. But 
Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Listen, um, they're gonna be on the road now, and it's that that'll create its own drama. I just hope for for the, the competition's sake, I would hope to get back to the Super Eights just because they do bring that something different and yeah. can produce anything on yeah, it on a the given Super day. Super Eights badly needed them last yeah, year. So. big time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Martin Brenny of the Irish Independent and on the line by Tyrone Legend Peter Canavan and Martin. As I said to Michael a moment ago, hurling has dominated uh, you know the talking points in the first couple of weeks, but football had a show uh, last weekend and that game in Castlebar Mayo Roscommon was so dramatic well yeah I, I think maybe this game is more about what's common than, than Mayo there's always a tendency I think to uh, when there's an upset or uh, what's perceived as an upset and the favourites are beaten to, to concentrate away the favourites are beaten but you have to give Roscommon enormous credit here and you see Roscommon were, were relegated and again there's a tendency to look at the teams that are relegated and say oh there's, they're not going great but they're actually Roscommon didn't have a bad league despite, despite being relegated they, they drew a throne they, they beat um, Monaghan uh, lost to Mayo by a point, so it wasn't a bad league for us. Common, so the, the Roscommon, Mayo were overwhelming favourites. I don't think that was ever was ever. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't as clear cut as that at all, and they wouldn't. They, they just wouldn't fear Mayo. They'd, I mean, they they would felt that after that league game that they could have a right go of Mayo, and they did. And Mayo. I suppose you'd have to say Mayo did what they've done so often. I mean, they created the chances, but there's no point saying, well, look, we're 15 or 16 wides. If you have the wides, well, why do you have the wides? I mean, at this level, you can't be doing that. And uh, I think that's what they... they it, it was a little bit of the same old story. That's three years in a row... That's four years in a row now that they haven't got to the Connick final, which... Uh, uh, it's pretty serious by any standards for them. Yeah, Michael, that was the thing. Like, James Warren immediately referred to the wides. I think it was the first thing he said in his post-match interview. Like, and, and even the ones that were dropped short, like Lee Keegan's uh, chance at the end, and you had Dermot O'Connor's goal chance, which he completely sliced. And then the concession of the goals themselves, from Mayo's perspective, like a kick-out that was picked off, you know, Carl Craig was steam, steaming through. It, it's just... They hit the self-destruct button a bit, didn't they? Well, they, they missed as many chances as they converted, and they obviously converted seventeen, which is which is decent scoring. But they missed as many as many as they converted, which is obviously you're going to struggle to win games. I I would the, like while Mayo are probably the 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 talking point in most people's eyes. You t I I would agree with Martin that you have to give Roscommon massive massive credit. And for Anthony Cunningham, it took a couple of risks as well by keeping some of his best lads in reserve. But if you look like Enda Smith, Donny Smith. Connor Devaney, Finton Craig all came on in the last 20 to 25 minutes and tipped the balance and that was probably a risk to take that he was hoping that he that would, they would still be in that position to win the game when it got to those stages and they were and those lads were able to tip the balance and fair play to them there's an awful lot of new faces introduced mm -hmm. and yeah they're probably not going to get the credit that they deserve like, that was a, a brilliant performance and while Mayo coughed up a couple of chances and you know the, the kick out and that but they were still they were able to take the chances which, which was crucial as well um, the narrative would probably be Mayo and yeah it's, it's a long road back for them but Roscommon deserve massive credit Yeah I guess as Joe Brody said like Mayo losing is, a, is as compelling as a lot of teams winning but I'll bring in Peter Canavan on the line now Peter you know what did you make of Saturday night's game it was so dramatic uh, for you is the story Roscommon's great win or, or is it Mayo's Mayo kind of exiting early from the provincial championship once again Very much very much Roscommon I think the focus should be on them but you know you can't overlook the fact that that Mayo and, and many people's eyes were all earning contenders and uh, once again, they, they failed to deliver. Just a couple of points on the, that the lads have raised there. Uh, Anthony Cunningham, yeah, deserves a lot of credit. And not only did he take a gamble of, of, of holding a lot of his aces uh, on the bench to, to be used later on, because without doubt, they, they had a far stronger bench than, than Mayo, and their bench made, it, made a big difference. But with 10 minutes to go, he also decided to use all of his bench. Now, if his common had lost that game, I would say he would have been happily criticised. 
for, for you know playing the last uh, ten minutes with only fourteen players. But he was well aware that that was a gamble he was prepared to take. And I think when you have the quality of the players that he had, I think he knew all along that there was no point in having them there unless he was going to use them. And uh, so that that gamble certainly paid off. From from a male uh, perspective, yes, the old feeling and and immediately after they won the league final. Um, James Horn rightly was de- uh, delighted. He said we probably should have won by a lot more, meaning that they missed more than they than they scored. And uh, it doesn't appear that the, the, they found a solution for that problem up front. Very wasteful again. There was goal chances uh, went to Vegan. But if you had said to me before the game that that Mayo would have scored uh, uh, would score 17 points, I, I would have assumed that 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 would be enough to win the game. So not only were they slack up front, I think their defence, and, and they have brilliant defenders, I think possibly they may have taken Roscommon for granted and that they were slow to get to grips with, with key men, Kendall Craig. Nobody was on him literally for the first 15 minutes of the game and, and he had a big say on it and it was only when Lee Keegan went on to him uh, that it stifled his uh, influence. And regarding Connor Cox, very seldom do you see Brendan Harrison getting that sort of roasting and a lot of times that, that when the ball was played in, it, it was a one-on-one situation and, and there wasn't any other defenders or, or midfielders coming back to give him a hand. So there, there was a bit of complacency in this, in this Mayo team as well. And Martin, from a Roscommon perspective, it's four Connacht finals in a row for them as well. Now, I know they probably benefited from a soft enough draw some of those years. I think they were in the semi-final and maybe played Leitrim, but this way they've definitely earned their place this year. Absolutely, and uh, uh, yeah, you could say the other years that they they God, we did the dirty work for them by getting rid of Mayo. But uh, Peter mentioned there about Mayo being perhaps a little bit uh, complacent. But if they if that were the case, then it's a serious problem because I don't think to be complacent about uh, if you haven't won Connacht since two thousand and fifteen. Um, you, you could hardly start getting complacent about it this year, particularly with Mayo and Galway waiting them in the final. But you know, we thought perhaps that winning the league, the league. I thought maybe that would just kicked them on a little bit. Suddenly the, the monkey was off the back winning a national final. Okay, it wasn't the All-Ireland, but it was still a national final. They'd be carrying it. That maybe that would kick them on. It didn't. And that is that I think is the big concern for them. That uh, there was no evidence whatsoever there that advanced one iota on previous years. And that is the issue for them. That was good enough to get them to All-Ireland finals. Didn't win it very close uh, up to last year when they didn't... Um, again, the long road caught them last year on, on Kildare. So... Uh, there's no sign of an improvement. They're still in the thing and they still have a, cha- a chance. A lot of counties have two chances. They have one, but one is all you need. But it's just, where's the improvement and where will it come from? Because at the moment, there's no sign of that. It was strange to see the, the naivety of some of their backs as well. Like They basically just gave away their positions. Like The wing backs just seemed to follow the, the Roscommon half-forwards. And as a result then, it was maybe two or three defenders and two or three attackers, which is going to suit the attacker every day of the week. And if Roscommon were able to get in quick ball, which they did, and they got quick ball into Cox as well a lot of the time, they were able to take advantage of it. And it was just it was strange just to see that they were like a team that's that experienced, particularly defensively, that they were that kind of naive. And just on Connor Cox as well, like to call a spade a spade, he, he, pro- he probably was surplus to requirements in Kerry. And he's made an unbelievable name for himself in Roscommon. Like he was, br- he was brilliant. Every time he got the ball, he looked like he was going to score, and he kicked some outrageous points. And it's rare, like people. It's often happened that a lad would do that maybe throughout the league, and maybe not be able to follow it up or not have the same bounce in championship. But he, he was outstanding. 
Well, and as Sean McGowick pointed out on Twitter, the last three times Mayo have won the league, Roscommon have beaten them in the championship <laughs> shortly afterwards. So it's a bizarre statistic. And, and Peter, just to, to go back to Mayo for a second, I think going into the championship, a lot of people felt that maybe they had to go through the front door after a couple of tough journeys through the back door over the last couple of years. Like, do you think take another early defeat in the season, is that a hammer blow to their All-Ireland chances? Do you think they can still work their way back into contention? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's a blow. It's, it's certainly not a hammer blow. And what it will do, it will certainly dampen the expectation and the level of hype that that, that comes with Mayo is is unreal, as as you're all very much well aware. So, what it, what it has done now, people will start writing them off again, and um, they those lads will be much easier to motivate from James Horn's point of view. Yes, uh, it will help if they get a favourable draw now and and the qualifiers to get them up and run again, but they they, they have. They're a very experienced, by and large, they're a very experienced group of players. Uh, they've come through the back door before. They nearly won an All-Ireland coming through the back door. So, look, they're still a very strong panel of players. Um, the pluses, I suppose, Matthew Ryan is going to get better at midfield. He wasn't spectacular the other night, but I still you know, felt he went through a, a fair bit of work. And up front, uh, one of the, the bright spots was, was Darren, uh, Darren Cohen, who, who kicked some great scores from play. So, um, and they did. They were able to win, uh, as usual, their fair share of uh, possession. So, and of course, there was no Killian O'Connor uh, playing the other night. And if he had been there, no doubt, you know, he would have been uh, surely worth a couple of points. So, I wouldn't totally write Mayo off. Uh, definitely not. Uh, Martin, it is interesting how they haven't won Connacht since that very well publicised player heave against uh, Pat Holmes and Noel Canelli. Uh, you know, up to then, I think they'd won five Connacht titles in a row, four under James Horan and one under the two guys. And since they kind of wanted their own manager and they wanted to do it their own way, they haven't they haven't won a Connacht title. Well, the irony is that the same year that uh, uh, Pat Holmes and Noel Kennelly was uh, being forced out in Mayo, uh, Anthony Cunningham was under pressure, uh, severe pressure for uh, Galway Hullers at the time in 2015. And there he was last last uh, Saturday presiding over a win over Mayo who had got rid of their manager in the same year. No, nothing has changed and that is the point. And, you, you know, you asked the question, you raised the question for it, it's the goalkeeping situation which caused Mayo and Toll problems in the, the All-Ireland final where they dropped uh, the All-Star goalkeeper for the replay against Dublin. Uh, in my view, David Clark is a better goalkeeper than, than, than Robert Henley and yet he, he wasn't there uh, on Saturday and, OK, that's J- James Horden's choice but if they can afford to be without David Clark, you say, well, that, that's some team but I don't think they can. I just think there are some, some issues like that that uh, you just raise questions about the, perhaps uh, the, uh, the judgment being made because uh, certainly to me, Clark is, uh, is a better goalkeeper than Robert Henley. That is an interesting one now that they have been going back and forth over like, the last couple of years. I know David Clark got in for maybe two years one two All-Stars but it, it is an issue that, it, that it's been creeping up again and again with them Yeah he, predom- he predominantly has played all the big games over the last couple of years but then Robbie Henley got in during this year's league and he was I suppose the one bright spot against Dublin he, they could have ten, Dublin could have had 10 goals the same night and it was, was very good throughout the league and made that of course that important save at the end of the league final as well uh, from David Clifford but yeah, to, to to me, like Clark is still just more probably reliable. Robbie Henley's a brilliant goalkeeper, but Clark is just more reliable in those kind of big game situations. And I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a difficult one. Horns obviously playing lads probably on form, maybe more than reputation. David Clark had a concussion, I think, at some stage this year and came off in a bit in a game as well. So he's probably Henley has probably played more time. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's a difficult one. You go on form and then. You know, a big big mistake like that the other day is, is not ideal, all right. But uh, 
it's it's difficult. Just you're probably going to see he's probably going to revert back to Clark for the qualifiers. I'd imagine now. Yeah, Peter. You yeah, want? Uh, yeah. I think the decision Michael was, was regarding Hanley was that they 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 feel or, or certainly James Horn and, and the management feel that his place kicking is better from from kickouts and and from bad balls. And the ironic thing about Saturday night was his, his place kicking was what let him down. Um, and O'Malley and, and Roscommon had, had, had a far better night in that regard. But look, I would say it's, it's something that they're, they're going to have to look at and which goalkeeper and, and inspires most confidence in the defenders around him. So that's certainly a big call that Mayo's going to have to make. Uh, Peter, moving on to some of the other action, obviously your own county, Tyrone, were in action on Saturday evening. A, a very comfortable win over Antrim, even you know conceding two late goals. I think Tyrone still won by 14 points. Um, and it's such a mouth-watering game against Donegal now. You know, uh, what have you made of Tyrone's opening two games so far? It does look like you know, after that league campaign, they are trying to play a slightly more direct style. Have you been impressed with that, that transition? Well, they, they are trying to move the ball somewhat quicker. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, can we can we really judge them on performances against two teams that, that played the football in, in Division 4 this year? Probably not. I wouldn't read too much into it. And um, the big game is Donegal. Yes, Trump beat Donegal last year and immediately after the game, the Donegal players and, and, and management they were they were very much looking forward to to playing thrown in the semi final. So that's 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 a test, and uh, we'll know exactly how far they've come and uh, with regard to their style of play, how far they've come uh, when when they face Donegal, who who came through a tough enough assignment um, yesterday. They put in a very mature performance, um, a very patient performance because uh, for Man were difficult to break down. So uh, whether Throne can use or implement their game plan on, on Donegal and get a lot of ball in when Donegal and they are setting the players back remains to be seen. Uh, but certainly I think Throne are heading in the right direction with 14 different scores on um, on, on Saturday night. So look, we can score from, from various areas in, in the pitch. And uh, you'd like to think physically that they've moved on uh, a wee bit from last year as well. Yeah, Martin, I guess obviously getting to the All-Ireland final last year was a big boost for them, and now they do look like they've tried to evolve their style this year. Uh, you know, how do you rate Tyrone you know, as, as a contender overall? Well, sure, if you reach the All-Ireland final, they'll have to be a contender, but I just think I can't read anything really into into the, the wins over Derry and Antrim. I mean, they're, they're just well ahead of both, and, and that's the reality of it. And, you know, in Antrim's case, in fairness to them, that was would have been a home game for them if they had if they had a home pitch. I think it's it's terribly sad they don't have a home pitch. They're the only county who can't get a home game now in the entire thirty two. Okay, Louth couldn't play Dublin and Drogheda, but if it was a smaller, if it was you know if it was Wexford or something like that, they could play. So they're answerable. And I know it, it might seem relevant in the great scheme of things, but it's it's not it's 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 tough on the players that they can't get a home game at all. But in Tyrone's case. Uh, the, the test only starts now, and I mean they, you know, they started the league very poorly, then made a uh, good go after after. But again, the, the jury's out on them. But uh, yeah, of course they'll be contenders, and even if they lose to Donegal, they'll still be they'll still be probably a top eight team and uh, take it from there. Yeah, and that semi-final is set up really nicely because Donegal are a team that I guess have gone under the radar a bit recently. Obviously, they're in Division Two this year. Wouldn't have had the same kind of focus on them, and you know, getting Paddy McBrady back is huge. He, he looked, you know, pretty sharp for a man who was out with an ACL injury long term. They they could be a, a threat as well. Yeah, they've kind of been the whole way throughout the Division Two league. They're kind of just angling towards their their best team while getting a lot of new faces in and maybe threatening their panel as well. So yeah, it's a really interesting game. Tyrone, I know it was highlighted in the Sunday game last night that Tyrone were like maybe 
maybe left a bit open for a couple of goals. That's naturally going to be the case when you have Colin Kavanagh playing sweeper the last couple of years and not playing sweeper now. So it's naturally going to be the case. But they're scoring an awful lot more and creating an awful lot more chances and kicking the ball an awful lot more. So that's naturally going to be the case. But yeah, really, really interesting game. You probably would have been well flagged up before the, the Ulster Championship started that they were going to meet at that stage now. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll learn an awful lot more about both, particularly Tyrone, um, when they come up against, you know, that's going to be tough opposition. Yeah, and I don't know how much we learned about Dublin, Peter, at the weekend. It was a fairly low-key start to the drive for five. Uh, you know, it wasn't even on television, but from that, from the, I guess the highlights, Dublin looked pretty clinical. You know, Cormac Costello kicked one twelve, albeit ten points were from place balls, but they looked they looked sharp, albeit against a Division Three team. Yeah, and there was no sign, uh, you know, obvious signs of weakness or of complacency. Nothing like that there. Even when what they were winning by, you know, sixteen, seventeen points, you still players walking very hard off the ball. Uh, and named uh, big name players at that walking hard off the ball so uh, there's no uh, obvious signs uh, yet people may talk about discipline and, and Paul Mannion's standing off I, I thought it was uh, extremely harsh um, and it's the second week in a row whereby a player has got a, you know, received a straight red from trying to implement uh, a, a shoulder charge he didn't raise his elbow he went in with a, a shoulder to make a and and my opinion, an honest attempt to shoulder his opponent, and was unlucky that you know the loud lad was, you know, his head was down, and he gets a straight red. Chilling Mooney, the exact same thing happened last week, and uh, it was more crucial because it is a massive burn on the game. And I know people can say, well, the you know, GA made it clear, and referees were making it clear regarding head high tackles, but when you look and I've seen a lot of games this last two or three weeks, the amount of deliberate pushing that goes on after players have played the ball, pushing them back and pushing players to ground, antagonising opponents, disrupting play, slowing up game, golden opponents maybe after they miss a shot or after they get a score, that goes unpunished, yet you have players attempting in the heat of battle to do what managers would want them to do, to be physical, to make hard challenges, it is a, it is a, a physical, physical game, it's, it's a contact sport, and yet they're receiving straight reds for, for, for making honest attempts. So it's it's disappointing in that regard. But um, uh, I digress. Back to your point about Dublin, um, there's no obvious signs of uh, you know of weakness and and not set up, and they're still very much the team to beat. Just on that, on what Peter's saying about the shoulder, offhand, I, I can't remember who it was, but in in the second period of extra time, there was the sweetest shoulder you will ever see. Uh, on one of the Kildare fellas onto one of the Longford fellas like I mean to say it now as sweet as you will get on the nut and literally knocked him to the ground and he was down for about three minutes and the referee immediately blew for a free just be, just I don't know just because it was just so physical so physical yeah. basically yeah and it was it was very strange and then I'd, I'd say the linesman just said it to him he said like listen that, that, was, that wasn't a free and then he ended up throwing up the ball or whatever but the Longford man was in possession and would have actually been blown for over carrying had he not blown for a free, yeah. so it's just like it's it's almost like it's it's so um it's so out of the ordinary now for a, a big hit and like they're they're almost looking for that it was was it head high or was it dangerous or whatever that they're blowing most of the time as well. So like th I think the shoulder is kind of slowly almost gone out of football because people are almost afraid to do it. And that was like a part like it was on the money. If you wanted a textbook or a, a video to show how to shoulder man shoulder shoulder, this was absolutely on the money. It was mm. perfect. That was extra time. Yeah. yeah. But Michael, it's ridiculous having referees. Um, you know, this was a 90 minute game, and in, in uh, having one referee 
in any football or hurling is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they tried to cover three acres of yeah. ground. I bet you I mean, a referee is, they get exhausted as well in the second mm. bit. It, it could be just a mistake he made on that basis. It's yeah. just daft that you need a second referee, but they, that won't be entertained for some reason. They won't even discuss it. But so much of the, so much of the play is happening uh, referee behind the ball, obviously, and the same, much more so in hurling, obviously. But... Uh, we of course need uh, we need a second referee in, in both calls because it decides the pitch and as Peter mentioned there's so many things going on as well mm. and it's, it, it's all very fine so when you have linesmen and umpires there, there, you need a referee who's there and he, he's so when the player's coming uh, you have one referee that's coming towards him the other guy's watching I, I th- it certainly should be on the it's not on the it's not on the agenda whatsoever as far as I know why do you think level. they're so reluctant to consider it? Uh, well, first of all, the referees themselves tell you they don't want it, but I don't. But maybe, maybe, maybe that's because they. I don't know why they're saying that. I don't know. Maybe uh, it's going to. You're going to know how you would require twice the number of referees you have, and it's hard enough to get. I'd say that's, that's, that's a lot of problems. That, 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 yeah. that might be the issue. But in terms of the pure practicalities of it, like we, we, we were at a, a briefing up in Crow Park a few weeks ago about the whole refereeing thing and the the what you know the and in fact it was interesting to see the, the, from the referee's viewpoint and the things that go on, but like they. They admit that, say in hurling, for instance, you're so far behind the ball. You know, you can be 110 metres behind the ball in a, in a second. How the hell can you make a decision based uh, with, the, with the ball 110 metres ahead of you and you coming hearing up at that? It can't be done accurately whatsoever. There's no chance, but it's not on the agenda, but it should be. Yeah, Peter, what do you make of that? Do you think two referees would be worth considering? <laughs> I have difficulty with one referee, never mind two. Um, uh, no, I, um, I, I can understand the reasoning behind it, absolutely. But... Um, we have enough officials on the pitch doing that if they were doing their job properly, if they were helping out the referee. Maybe we, we need to uh, empower them more than, than what they actually have, but surely you have you have, you have four umpires, you have, you have two linesmen. Uh, things that are going on behind the referee's back, they, they have got to inform the referee. And uh, I would I would be reluctant to, to, to see two coming in. I think it, it could pose problems for, for referees and uh, I've experienced it with the international rules and uh, you know, it's, a, it's a different game, yes but uh, I wouldn't have thought that there was, there was a number of days and the games I played in where it uh, didn't go down well or uh, it didn't appear to work they weren't working in, in unison um, so uh, I would be somewhat reluctant I, I would rather that the other officials uh, step up to the mark maybe and, and, and give the referee more help than that a year well, well Peter I, I covered you all th- right through your playing career from your days from young fellow with, with Tyrone and I saw some of the stuff that went on <laughs> uh, that you were subjected to over the years as far as I can recall there were bits of you left over half the fields of Ulster over, <laughs> over many years uh, I think a second referee would have probably benefited you a lot at the time because it's not it's not, it's not just what was going on uh, maybe off the ball that uh, Ryan's my own parts could call you but if 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 uh, if a referee is a long way from the action, uh, uh, they're not going to make a call on a, on a fellow under yeah. a high ball or whatever. Uh, I would have thought of all people, Peter, that you would want to maybe three referees. In fact, might go down well at times. Maybe I make the last of the few games. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I remember those as well. But uh, in, ge- in, in general, Peter, I think yeah, you would probably have benefited from it. But I, I think it's something that 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 could be trialed, certainly. Um, and you'd you'd soon get a feeling whether or not players are responding uh, respond well to it. Um, and yes, it, it, it would be an interesting experiment, absolutely. And Michael, just to go back to, to Dublin then for a second, obviously it's not a whole pile to read, read into that game against Loud, but I guess it's all about the selection at the moment, or Jim Gavin like, thinking about what his best team is as he goes into some of the tougher challenges. That's a lot of it. Um, 
basically the lads that started the other day, the Costellos, the, the Darren Gavins, were were given the jersey and it's up to them to hold on to it. And if they keep playing well, they will they will hold on to the jersey. So that's a lot of it. Conor Costello definitely didn't do himself any harm, nor did Darren Gavin, even Rory O'Carroll getting in is probably a sign of what's to come later in the summer as well. But just uh, it's it's suppose it's how efficient they go about their business the whole time. Like if they, they smell an opportunity, they, they take it basically as well, you know, and there's no there's just they just don't care how much about bloodletting or anything like that. They'll just stay going and stay going and stay going. They looked they looked very fit, obviously very strong, breaking the tackle every opportunity they got, but we won't learn a lot about them until on the super edge realistically. Yeah, and Peter, one question that Jim Gavin was asked again at the weekend, and he's asked pretty much after every game, is, is Dermot Connolly whether he'll come back in, whether you know Jim wants him or whether Dermot wants to come back in. Like what 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 do you make of that kind of ongoing, I guess, uh, you know, talking point? Well, if he comes in, that'll be very much on the Jim Gavin's terms. Um, is it worth taking him back in? Well, if he's prepared to throw the lane, which I don't imagine he would be, then, my God, why would you not want to have someone with the class of Dermot Connolly, even if it's to, to, to sit on the bench and to come on? You can imagine the, how the reaction that Hill 16 and the Dublin support would, would give to Dermot Connolly coming on to an All-Ireland semi-final, an All-Ireland final with 15 or 20 minutes to go. And if he needs a player to, to pull something out of the hat, then he certainly has that. So it, it would be foolish of Jim Gavin to disregard uh, a, a one-off. Uh, and that's how highly I, I regard him in terms of his football quality and, and the skill that he possesses. It, it would be foolish to, to disregard someone like that and, and, and leave him on the shelf. If there's any possibility of, of getting him in, um, he would certainly be worth having. Peter, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, lads. Um, Michael, you were at one of the more, I guess, I don't know, entertaining is the right word, but a topsy-turvy fixture anyway. Kildare Longford, a, a draw after extra time. They have to go at it again. Um, you know, for those of us who didn't who weren't there live, we only got a couple of minutes in the Sunday game. So what kind of game was it? Was it as ridiculous as it looked? Yeah, it was a bizarre game. The first quarter was like a hurling match. Literally every every attack was a score. I think it was I think it was seven each after 21 minutes. And then Longford kind of got a goal. Uh, Kildare actually started, went 4-0 up and then gave away three of the softest frees that you'll ever see and just let Longford back into the game. Went to 7-all. Longford got a goal, went 1-7-7 up. And then kind of Kildare kind of took over then between then and half time, ended up four up at half time and kicked the first three of the second half and then just uh, against the breeze from play and then just totally retreated into their shell completely. It was almost like we're seven up, we have what we hold despite there being the guts of half an hour to play. It was just bizarre. Um, It's like they can get themselves into a position but when there's any sniff of the finish line coming or anything like that, they just they just don't seem to kick on. It's it's a really kind same of same against Wicklow. Yeah, yeah, strange. Yeah, and like they left like Wicklow in a game that they had no right to be in. It's the opposite of what what Dublin or one of the or Kilkenny and Hurling or someone would do. Like it was just kind of bizarre and uh, left themselves in a position that they should never have been in. And. Uh, had James McGivney's shot in the 74th minute hit the inside of the post rather than the outside they'd be out of the Leinster Championship and Keane O'Neill is under fire already he'd be on fire I think <laughs> you know what I mean um, he's under serious pressure there's just if you go down through the personnel like there's some really really talented personnel in there but they just don't seem to like there's still no defensive plan like from, from what I can see they just don't seem to have a defensive plan Owen Doyle who usually plays sweeper yesterday was kept occupied a lot of the time and um, they just they looked like they could be cut open uh, at will it was just a really really strange game and then no they went three up in the first period of extra time 
and then Ronkford got a goal with the last kick in that period of extra time and then the ball was in play about three minutes for the ten minutes second period of extra time and the referee blew it up early and it was just yeah it was just mad a mad game um, I don't know if entertaining but bizarre is probably the right word for it I don't know if entertaining but it was it was interesting anyway yeah because they're a strange team Martin as Michael alluded to there you know in both their games so far in the championship they've had good leads coming down the home stretch against teams they'd be expected to beat you know reasonably comfortably and haven't been able to kick off yeah it's been that way a long time really I mean it's almost been the, the history of Kildare football to, to, to some degree that you know the the, the team is never as, or seems to be as good as the, the sum of the parts you know so it's it's yeah, they they it it was a strange wild sort of wild sort of a game and Kildare would be feel that they they should have they should have won it. I mean that's you expect the expected team like Kildare, more experienced and uh, higher up the pecking order to, to, to just to, to just go about it in a use the phrase of professional manner and get it done and they they didn't and that's that's a concern for them and it'll certainly be a concern if they if they head into mm-hmm. the uh, uh, head into win next Sunday and go to the, to the final. But Michael mentions there that uh, with seven points each after 21 minutes, well, uh, my game, Leash and Westmead, I got the sum total of 22 points in the whole 73 minutes. So there was a hell of a contrast there, I can tell. That was a really uh, uh, a completely different game. Just on um, the refereeing thing that we were talking about earlier, uh, Keen O'Neill brought up something interesting after. Ben McCormack, who was playing very well, he kicked two points and he said he got a tick. So they took him. They took him off for fear that if he got another tick, he would be off. So they brought him back on in extra time, um, because the yellows are now quashed and it's a new game. But and you know more about this, Martin. He was saying that the ticks carry over into extra time, but that yellow cards don't. So that, I and we were saying about referees trying to keep like control of things. Like how with all the people coming and going and ticks and yellow cards and black cards and different things. So how would you keep control of it? Well, well, Michael, I actually don't. I don't know the answer to that. But well, I tell you what, let even the officials it, didn't know. Yet it's certainly yeah, something we should yeah. check because I wouldn't like that to go out there if it's not actually true. You know, so I don't yeah. know whether whether I'd, I'd I'd have I'd have grave doubts about that. I have to say, yeah. but there's no. I actually don't know. But as you say, they keep changing those change between uh, what carries on and wasn't. It's very difficult to follow. Like them. even the black card now would like uh, Adrian Farrell went off for Longford with a black card yesterday, and you're kind of immediately thinking, oh, oh, he's gone to the Simbin for ten minutes, and then two or three minutes later, someone comes on for him because that was the rule during the league and now we're going back to championship rules and you're kind of wondering about marks and how far kickouts have to go do you know it's, 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 just it's very messy just need to concentrate more that's all <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the game you were at there Martin you know yeah, it's it, a, a strange game because Leach and Westmead have you know, had a bit of a rivalry over the last season or two they've been playing each other quite a bit yeah. Leach came out on the right side of it but it didn't seem to be the most entertaining game it either. wasn't but it was it was interesting I think Westmead were very disappointed uh, uh, having said that they, they drew Waterford in the, in the the qualifiers this morning, which with respect to Waterford, you know, is, is is a good draw for Westmead. And I mean, Jack Cooney was saying that just you know we've, we're we're out of one. We, you could sense the frustration in it because they started so badly. They were playing against the wind and they went very strong in Tullamore yesterday. But at the same time, it's 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 Ireland. These lads know what the wind is about, and they, and particularly but, in Tullamore, well, there's always a breeze in Tullamore. <laughs> but they. Um, they, they, and they didn't start at all, really. I mean, they, they got two points against the wind in the first half. Both threes didn't score for 23 minutes. And ultimately, that's what cost them. Having said that, they were only a point down with a few minutes to go. Then Leach broke away and and, uh, uh, and got another point. But it was just one of those dour sort of uh, early-round championship match you get, you get a lot of. And uh, 
having played each other so often as well, I think they were they were they were both beyond cagey, and uh, we just got it what it was a twelve ten and move on and uh, leash court the next round and Westmead are out. It's a strange Bench game. Anyway. It's an awful lot of handling errors and mistakes, particularly from from Westmead in the first half. And I think I think what did Westmead have maybe three four scores. Mm. Like I think Jerry Egan was Two the only the one. Half, yeah, yeah, yeah. Egan was the only one that scored for for a long long time. John Heston got on a ball at the start of the second half with the breeze and kicked over a lovely point having barely touched the ball in the first half and you're thinking oh he could kick three or four now in the second half and they could win but he hardly got on the ball thereafter Dennis Caroon had a good goal chance midway through and, di- and didn't take it and that was kind of it yeah. Leash were always just just uh, enough ahead Would you give them uh, much of a chance against me who were pretty impressive in putting Carlo away you know easily in the end yeah, I'd say it was just a matter of getting over the line yesterday, really. And like, particularly as Martin said, two teams that are so familiar with each other, it was never probably going to be too spectacular. I would give them a chance, actually, yeah. Um, like, based on Mead, obviously, improved in the Carlo game from the Offaly game, which they really should have been beaten that day. Um, it's not a 50-50 game. It's probably a 60-40 in, in Mead's favour, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Leash upset them. John Sugru, by all accounts, has done a lot of work. Leash have kind of solidified and are are consistent now. I know the league final they would have been disappointed with, but in general, they're very, very consistent now, which you couldn't have said it before. It was interesting as well that uh, Graham Brody, who, who's... Uh for a outfield cost him a goal in the league final. Uh, he was at it again yesterday. And uh, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm glad to see that they have a sort of right, you stay back now and that you stay where you are. And he was looking for action all the time. And with that wind, it was tricky enough because they were doing some of the short passing. But fairness to him, he was, we saw him out and uh, uh, got into the other half on a few occasions. So fair play. It's nice to see that. A bit, yeah. It's a bit different. It's a bit, bit of creativity. And uh, good to see that they haven't ditched it just because they conceded one goal off it. It's yeah. funny to be at a match. It's funny to be at a match. I sat down in the stand for that game and then went up for the second game. And just to hear, like, but it's mostly old men, to be honest. Just going, I'll just go on mad, like because it's so, it's so. I'm not saying you're older or anything, Martin. <laughs> now <laughs> I wasn't looking at you Sorry, when I was saying that. that. You just remarked from the, from the, maybe you were sitting in the, in the in the in that section or something. I mean, the, I mean, per, perhaps uh, uh, the old men were uh, knew what they knew what they were talking. Maybe maybe he made it out in the move at the wrong time. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's interesting just to hear the calls for it. It's the same as when when there's a blanket defence being played and someone gets the ball out midfield. You're like. Lame it in and like there's so many bodies in there there's no point in but leaving it in. you can have all the sophistication you like and you can leave it in or don't. I mean we saw a situation yesterday with, with the wind where fellas were afraid to have a go and afraid, oh, to, afraid really, to have yeah, a shoot so, bad, yeah. so you might have young mm. modern sophisticated Turks planning all this <laughs> But there are times when the old-fashioned have a go is, is, is the way to go, to go about it as well. And I mean, they, I mean, if it's certainly in the second half, with me, they'd be better off uh, to have a go from out the field a bit more. Okay, they, they didn't kick enough. Most they of the kicked went over. They didn't have. Fair, they yeah. didn't really have a, have a, have a yeah. pop at all at it. And yeah. Like for the one in the Kildare, the Longford game. Longford could have won at the end of the one that hit yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was from the, uh, out in Kinnegad, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or Moat, rather. So it was it was good to see. He had a yeah. go at it at least. And it was easy. It would have been easy for him to say, no, I won't. I'll just keep, keep at this and hold position or whatever. He had a go and fair mm. play. I'd like to see that. And just on what he's saying about Graham Brody as well, particularly when you're trying to close out a game, the goalkeeper becomes really, really important because he is the only man that's free. So like when you're if you're trying to hold possession for a minute or two, he's a key player. And in fairness, he was all Brody was always making himself uh, available anytime he could. Mm. Uh, Martin, you mentioned the qualifier draw earlier as well. N- nothing too spectacular in it. Down Tipperary, probably one of the more interesting games. Monaghan for Mana as well. I don't know, maybe that <laughs> Cagey and, and uh, one for the Purists, maybe. I, don't I know. think that's one from Michael Verney and we'll, 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 we'll send him off to the I was at that the, game last year. We'll send him off for all the old men to watch that one. Um, <laughs> no, not really, but that's the, that's the, qualif- that's the first round qualifiers for you, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, 
Uh, it's a tricky enough one for for, for Monaghan. They were a lot of easier. Uh, he won't uh, be happy. For, Maliki, you won't like there that. There were, were a lot of easier ones on that, but uh, um, yeah, they, they, it's 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 the first round. We'll we'll see where it goes. Tipping down, interesting, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and for your own county, getting London, probably yeah. pretty a good draw to get back into. Yeah, it's not know. bad, especially considering they're at home as well. It's not a bad draw. Offaly should have beaten Mead, and by all accounts, are, are going well enough. Um, Playing a, re- a nice brand of football, and they'll if they get they could get in a bit of a run. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they got near like or upset a division two county, maybe someone down towards the the lower tier of division two. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, I agree with you totally. And I think there were a lot of people queried when John Mohan was given the job, or you know, but he's John's been just I think it was fifth. I think it was a great a great appointment and a great decision because he's a very very good manager and and he plays a good brand of football. He 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 likes to get. And off they do traditionally as well play. You know that'll be their nature, and so I think, th- I think that will work. Okay, they they, they perhaps look at stay in Division Three, but I I agree with you. I think that if they could get a run, they could they could, uh, uh, they could certainly keep the summer going a good while longer. And one last thing on, on the football before we talk about the the hurling. Uh, John Horan again mentioned the prospect of a tier championship today during the qualifier yeah. draw. You know, do you think it's a, that's a good idea? Do you think, would you like to see that brought in? I'd like to, I'd like to see like what exactly the structures are behind it or it's does the division does the the tier potential tier two winner get back into tier one or what's the structures to it if like if there's going to be like anomalies like there was there is with the hurling with we'll say Kerry in the Munster Championship um, I'd I'd just be interested to see what way they're going to go about it Um, it's I, I don't know if there's different kind of voices. Some people are all for it. Some people are for are against it. Um, I think it's all to do with how they're going to promote it and whether they're going to be games on television, um, what the coverage is going to be like. Because if it's going to be like the Joe McDonough, which is almost forgotten about, which is an, an absolute disgrace in my view, based on the quality that's there and the competition that's there, um, if the football is going to be the same, that would be that would be a big worry for yeah. me. Martin, what are you making? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So it's, it'll be very important to, to, to structure it right because but how do you structure it right because the interesting thing here that it obviously affects maybe maybe 12 counties really okay they'll make it 16 but there are probably 12 counties down that lower and there's no agreement whatsoever among them and in, in, uh, none whatsoever you won't get any degree of unanimity at all of, of what they want and the other thing will be it would eventually come down to a central council decision and you know Dublin, Galway, Mayo, Tyrone they'll all have a vote on this and um, it's not relevant to them so I, I mean again d- democracy is a fine thing but Will we will we get a decision and who, you know, those counties will they, will they vote according to how the, the, the case is put to them when, when they really have no interest in it? So it's got to be it's got to be very carefully done on this. But but in terms of having a go at it, why not? Like I mean, it's it's uh, we let's see. But you've got to play the the final of it either on All Ireland final day, which where it should be in my view, and move the minors out. I mean, minors is now under seventeen, so you have the under seventeen from the strong counties. By and large, Pirion Crow Park. At the age of seventeen, they played an All Ireland final there. That should be for the second, for the uh, uh, for the, uh, the secondary competition, and have those lads there on All Ireland final day. Uh, as for the how you give it marketing and coverage and all, that's a different that's a different argument. You start by doing that and having them there on, on All Ireland final day. It'll be interesting to see what the proposal is put forward in a few months' time. Uh, but we'll just quickly finish up with hurling on the throne and association with board gosh energy. Just the, the Galway Wexford game at the weekend, but it turned out to be plenty dramatic, if maybe not as high quality as some of the other hurling matches we've seen thus far. You know, a lot of drama at the end. Both sides have great chances to win it. You had the Davy Fitz kind of sideshow again, uh, and the draw just sets things up really kind of very finely poised in Leinster. Now you know we have four teams who could 
conceivably get out of it. Yeah, games were, even the Carlo games were obviously going to be significant, but they're even more significant now based on, on, the, on the score yeah. difference and things like that, yeah. Um, it was, a, yeah, I, I only saw the highlights of it, but it was it was an interesting, it was kind of like an, a bit of an arm wrestle or whatever. And funnily enough, like the Davy Fitz kind of incident or been sent to the stands or whatever, kind of similar to when he came in and hit Jason Ford in that league semi-final a couple of years ago it, it did seem to just rally them a bit or whatever or I don't know whether subconsciously he felt oh, I need to do something here or something needs to happen or whatever I know it was over an incident that probably was not picked up by the match officials but it just did it did spur them into action and as they showed in the Sunday game last night for whatever reason after the incident they were winning 70% of their puck outs where they were winning 50% beforehand um, it was it was a bizarre kind of a game Galway are, are there's no point in saying any difference I, I think Galway are really struggling in attack without without Joe Canning we all thought it would happen or maybe some people thought other people would stand up but like take Conor Whelan out of the forward line and you're really struggling so um What's very, very interesting. Leaves the, the rest of the games finally poised. And um, with Galway now having to go to Nolan Park and Parnell Park to finish it off, like, is there a place in the next round under threat? Oh, yeah. I mean, you would you have to win. You, you would, they would have had really to win their first two two games at home and, and, and they haven't done that. And, and interesting, you see, uh, it's where you play Carlo. It's, it's like Galway have them, had them at home. Wexford have them at home. So on that end, Kilkenny... And Dublin are better off in a way because they have them in 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 Cullen Park. And with respect to Carlow, they'll 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 win those. So they then get two home games against the the, the stronger team. So go absolutely. I mean they they go to Kilkenny next day. Uh, it could come down on the end to their match in Parnell Park because Dublin will beat will beat Carlow almost certainly I presume. Uh, and that would uh, that would leave them in Galway probably if Galway were to lose to Kilkenny in the last game in Parnell Park then. Um, Possibly for the for the for the uh, the third spot. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Galway are. But having said that, having said that, uh, Limerick got in third last year in in, in got in uh, to the Ireland Championship. I thought I don't think it matters anymore. I don't think that, I don't think it matters a whole lot anymore whether they get into the provincial final or not. And uh, this stage doesn't matter for Galway just surviving and hanging on in there. And, and maybe this year, this time last year they were flying. Maybe 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 the season will build up a bit slower. But I think it, yeah, well. I think it matters more for a Wexford to get to a, into a Leinster final because. Galway could, Galway would have an awful lot better chance of winning the All-Ireland coming third in Leinster than we'd say Wexford would, if you know what I mean. Mm. Whereas Wexford are probably, Davies probably looking for silverware. But yeah, I just think at this stage, Galway would take their hand off just to get, get out of Leinster, you know? It's not yeah. going to be simple. And conversely for, for Wexford, they finish with two home games now. So they're, they, yeah. they're in a very strong position. Yeah, very, like when you look at it, like Galway had Carlo at home and Wexford at home, two home games and Wexford had two away games. Like you, you could be out of it before you get to play your home game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is which is a peculiar kind of a scenario as well. Um, Wexford, yeah, I don't know. Like Wexford had some chance of winning that game yesterday. That Dunbar's goal that chance. Goal chance. Was, like well, yeah, popped that over the bar. Oh no, no, no! It was a no. it was a blatant, it was a blatant goal chance. He just he just miss it mm. miss it the shot. He was thirteen yards out. He probably could have carried even more and nearly walked the ball into the net. Um, they'll definitely rue that one, but. Yeah, it's it's just it's a different type of championship than Munster. It's it just seems to be more of a kind of an arm wrestling, a kind of a struggle. Yeah. But uh, still, um, a still finishes yeah, still, unbelievably yeah. interesting. Well, also, also, yeah. even although you, I mean, we could say the Carlo won't because well, that's in fairness. They're at, they're at the fringes and they're not quite as good as the others. But it's, everyone said well, it's easier to get out of. But it's it, there's for one county, it's uh, it's three or four effectively, and and it's it'd be hellish hard to get out of it. I mean, I tell you what, Galway, Kilkenny, and Nolan Park next. Uh, that that'll be some that'll be some showdown down there. And yeah. just even on the games as well, like Munster just seems to be like you know 
28 points and 26 yeah. points and Leinster is just like 16 apiece <laughs> there, there, I, there's something beautiful to that as well like there is I know like I, I know Martin you've talked about it regularly enough like the ball does move far too fast in my view like so like I, I'm kind of I like watching games like that as well yeah it is yeah. a bit of a throwback you know yeah, well, yeah, that spoke like a good cornerback in fairness he <laughs> was a cornerback but he's right though. I mean I, I agree with you I mean I think the idea of you know to, as it was 230 or 228 to 124 yeah. it's, it's grand to see but at the same time you're not seeing that there are, uh, just because just because they're not for scores doesn't necessarily make it a great game mm. and just to finish up I throw, throw a bit of a curveball the rising stars section the board gosh Energy rising stars section, Michael. Any young players over the weekend? Are you? No, but I'm going to play on the word rising okay. because uh, David Highland was named to play fullback yesterday and kind of played more kind of wing back, but literally got forward at every opportunity for Kildare. Kicked four points, and as far as I can make out, he he's the first. Well, he's the first I've definitely seen to kick a point from a midfield mark. So he caught he caught a mark about probably about fifty or fifty five yards out and put it straight over the bar. Because they had the breeze, and I don't know. Have you seen that done no, anywhere else, Mark? Can't no, say no. I haven't seen it before. And like w- during the league, we were putting down points, you know, that were caught inside the twenty-one or thirty yards out, and he put over from a free slash mark. But I've never seen it in a championship game before. So four points. He was my man of the match yesterday. I thought he was outstanding. Well, well my rising star is the fan who immediately after the final whistle in Mayo Roscommon went up and asked James Horan to sign his j- jumper and fair play to James Horan he didn't tell him to yeah. F off he, he signed it like, and he was very diplomatic about doing so but that, that fan needs to wind his neck in I think to be well, fair I kind of saw that and I was like it, it looked like Mayo after winning the game yeah. fair play to Horan because it's like uh, most people would just tell him to do yeah, one like, go and do I'll one int- you know? I'll introduce a note of ageism here now with a young rising star a really good young <laughs> rising star he played for Leeds yesterday he's right half back Sean O'Flynn he's doing his leaving stuff this year so he's on a county senior football team and he doesn't look a bit out of place I can tell you he's a strong lad and, and you don't get that much nowadays of, of you know the lads of that age on, on the senior team he's a really strong powerful fellow did very well yesterday I think he'll be playing for, for Leeds for a very long time wing back well Martin Michael thanks so much for joining me cheers well that's all we have time for on the throne this week in association with Board Gosh Energy thank you so much for listening we will be back next week with another podcast reviewing all the action and in the meantime you can subscribe to us on iTunes SoundCloud or listen on independent.ie so until next week thank you for listening and goodbye Board Gosh Energy putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action hashtag hurling to the core